think running a day spa is all massages and relaxation? <laughs> there is nothing relaxing about owning a day spa. But we're here to help. Serious spa owners know that being in the spa business isn't for the weak. It takes hard work, planning, and just a bit of luck. We should know because we've owned a successful day spa for over 20 years. Now we're opening up our playbooks and giving you the business insights to run your day spa rather than letting it run you. This is a Spapreneur podcast with Lynn Graves and Ramona Rice. All right, Spapreneurs, I have a very special, special guest. She's been a friend of mine like forever. Um, It's Jennifer Brindley from Congressional Dish. And this girl is amazing. So what she does, and God bless her, um, you deserve all the massages and skincare, um, Jen, because (laughs) um, you read almost what every single piece of legislature almost that comes through that, that lovely Congress of ours. No, um, because when I started this seven years ago, I was reading everything that passed the House of Representatives until I realized that that's literally impossible. So (laughs) now I focus on the really important stuff um, and the things that just catch my attention. So I still read legislation, but I like to do deep dives into the things that I feel like affect our lives that aren't getting covered like they should be by the mainstream media. And there's a lot of topics that fall into that category. Yeah. I mean, she has, I mean, since what, 2012, I was looking, yeah, it's a backlog, but right now we're talking about what everybody's talking about. That's COVID-19 coronavirus. Um, And as most of my spotpreneurs know, most of us are shut down. Like here in Virginia, um, Jennifer, we are shut down for 30 days, according to governor Ralph Northam, um, because we are deemed not essential. And we had actually at our business voluntarily closed for two weeks just for concerns. And now he's extended that for 30 more days. And the challenge is many of my massage therapists, all of them that work for me are 1099 independent contractors, you know, and you know what that means? It means that they do not technically qualify for unemployment benefits, though they pay unemployment tax insurance. It's the most crazy thing I've ever heard of. So there's a lot of, we were talking off air. There's a lot going on with three separate bills going on. <laughs> and and I'm, here's what I'm confused about. It seems like the Senate right now, as of what is it? It's 4 PM Eastern standard time on Wednesday, March 25th. I think the dates are really important. It seems like the Senate has reached an, an agreement and the president says he'll sign maybe that bill that no one's actually read. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So as of five minutes ago, we still don't have the text. So there's certain members of the press that have the text, but it hasn't been, been released publicly, which is super frustrating because they're planning to vote on it today and it's over a thousand pages long. So, um, I, when you say they, this is just the Senate that's voting for this, right? Not the house. So it is the Senate because we have a big problem in that Nancy Pelosi decided to let the house go home on March 14th. March 14th Mm -hmm. was a Saturday. So they voted on the second of the coronavirus response bills and then they left town. So the situation we have now is that for instance, the state of, um, state of New York, they've told people from New York City, we want you to stay quarantined for 14 days, even if you've been to New York City, like, because that's how bad the virus outbreak is. And we have at least 20 people in the House of Representatives that are from New York City and therefore are under quarantine and probably shouldn't be coming back, even if they were called back to vote. So the situation that we have right now is in order for the House to vote on this bill, they either can call everyone back for an actual vote, which probably what they should do, or they're going to pass it via something called unanimous consent, which basically means they don't vote at all. And so someone stands up and says, do we pass this bill? The empty room does not 
you know, object to that because there's no one there. And that's how the bill passes. And we're talking about something that is going to spend trillions of our tax dollars. And there's a fight going on right now because some Republican senators are afraid that people are going to get too much money in unemployment insurance. So they don't want to incentivize people to not work as if it's any of our choice right now. So that's one of the battles. But then there's there's a lot of people that are very concerned about the fact that we have trillions of dollars that are basically going to be given to the Trump administration to pass out to corporations as they see fit. So, and what I've witnessed in my years of doing the reading of legislation is that this is a part of their playbook. I have seen this so many times where they create bills that are thousands of pages long with lots of input from corporate lobbyists with the idea being if it's must sign legislation, which as you said, Trump has already said he'll sign it. You can jam all kinds of stuff into these giant bills that we would not allow to become law if it was put in there on their own. So this is being used as an opportunity to get what I'm sure is going to be some horrific things into law. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. And so what people are pushing for, including myself, is to break this up, you know, to like do it in pieces, give people money in one bill and do unemployment in another bill. And then we can deal with corporate bailouts on a different day. That doesn't need to be done today. But right now we have this massive piece of legislation that we're not allowed to see that if they get their way, will be law by tomorrow morning. That is a little scary. So <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, and I don't think, you know, I mean, again, most of us took what civics in, in high school. That one for me, that was like 20 years ago. And I feel like I'm fairly informed. You know, I, I read news, news outlets and I watch TV and, and it just, it's really scary to me as a business owner right now. I feel powerless. I, I truly feel powerless. And I keep telling my spot partners, I keep telling my massage therapist, you need to be writing to your representatives. You need to be writing to your senators. They need to remember we're here and we're essential that, yes. you know, massage therapy and skincare is, you know, a multi-billion dollar industry in this country um, and that we support a lot of industries. So I think my challenge is too, Jen, is that I'm sure you're familiar with like the National Association of Realtors and they're really good about lobbying or the NRA who I can't stand, but they're really good at lobbying, obviously, because they're, you know, they can get all their bills passed. I feel like in our industry, our associations aren't doing their part in lobbying these, these senators and these Congress people. It's frustrating. I don't know if that's fair just because they're being outgunned right now. It's the chamber of commerce, which is the, the lobbying organization for the big companies. They're the ones getting all the meetings. So it's, it's all about, you know, you might have a lobbying organization, but it might just not be big enough to be getting the meetings, which are, you know, this has all happened over the course of a week. And so there's just a certain amount of meetings that they can take in that short amount of time. And they're really listening to the big donors. I mean, unfortunately that's how this goes. So um, what I can tell you for people in your situation, I've been paying really close attention to this because, you know, one of my good friends here is a hairdresser. She has to touch people. You're a massage therapist. You have to touch people. You're the most affected. And a lot of you guys own your own businesses, which you've worked hard for. So um, one of the things that does appear to be in this bill, and again, I haven't gotten to read it yet because they won't give me the text. But last night, Senator Bernie Sanders did get extended unemployment benefits into this bill. And I don't know what this means yet, but he said that it's going to cover people in the gig economy and people who are self-employed. So we really need to pay attention to what he is specifically fighting for right now, because it sounds like there is a chance that people like 
you that are massage therapists, hairdressers, self-employed people might actually be eligible for the unemployment benefits when you usually wouldn't be. So that is a possibility to look out for. There's also going to be um, small business administration loans. So these are loans that don't require you to go to the vultures in the private sector banks that want to charge you like 50% interest. You'll be able to get loans, hopefully, if this reporting is correct, through the small business administration directly from the government, which would give you low or no interest loans, hopefully, hopefully. Um, So that is something that you guys might really want to look into. And then also we can't forget that a lot is happening on the state level. And so we always, we look to the federal government so often, but we should also look at the resources with our states. And I can tell you that even though, like I've been contacting my federal legislators, but these offices, the, the more local ones are actually pretty good at setting up virtual offices already. So if you were to write to them with your specific situation, you know, this is what I need, where can I get it? There are different offices at the state and federal level. So if you contact the people in your representatives in your state and, you know, the House of Representatives and the Senate, they should be able to send you back the resources or at least the offices to contact to get what you need, because that's what they do. Like, so, so on the, uh, the federal level, my representative, for instance, is Representative Barbara Lee. She represents Oakland. So if I were in your situation, I would be writing an email to Barbara Lee because it will help. They can give you links if it's in an email. But I would be writing to her saying, like, this is what I need. Can you please send me links to where I can get the resources that can keep my business open? And that office will only respond to people that are in their districts. And so even though it sounds like, you know, they're responsible for 350 million people, they're not. Every congressional office, they have about 700,000 constituents and the vast majority of those don't bother reaching out to their representatives. And so you will get a response. Um, And I have found that every time that I've contacted my representatives everywhere I've lived, they really do care and they have excellent staffs and most of them have multiple offices. So if you know, if you can't get through to one, you can write, you can call the other, but these are resources that are there for us. And, and I think will really help you to find out what in your community is there to help your business stay open. And I think the people that do that are going to be the ones that survive this and the people that just throw up their hands and say, no one's there to help me, those are the ones that are going to go down. But I know there are resources coming. It's just a matter of knowing where to find them. Okay. So you're suggesting reach out to our local offices. And, and I do agree with, with Jennifer on this one. I'll give a, I'll give a quick story about this. Um, when my husband, Jen, Jennifer knows my background story about my husband passing away. And when he passed away, the children are, are eligible for benefits from social security administration. And I filed all the paperwork and it had been months and months and months. And basically the paper got lost. And I actually contacted, um, in Virginia, Senator Mark Warner's office. And there was a lovely woman named Lynn and she took my case. And basically within days they were able to get it through. And that's what they want to do. They want to be of service when they are good representatives. And if they're not good representatives, this is a great time to test them out because we have elections very soon, you know? So (laughs) if they're not, if not reacting how you do, this is how you get involved because as business owners, 
you know, a lot of times I say, oh, you need to be involved in community. You need to be involved on the political level, particularly our industry. We are regulated. In Virginia, Jennifer, we are regulated by the Board of Nursing um, for massage therapy. Yeah, I know it's a little odd, um, but for us, it's actually better. It gives us a little bit more legitimacy. It gives us more crudos. Yeah. So, like if somebody is trying to sexually ask one of my therapists, I can really go after them, you know, um, and we've got some other things we have to do. So, but we had to lobby to get there. Um, and I think that sometimes we as business owners, we get so bogged down in our own lives. We forget that it's important for us to keep in tune. Who's in office? What are they doing? Y- you need to get to know who, who's there. Um, so contacting your local people is important. It's important right now to contact your senators as well, or are they just Absolutely. getting overwhelmed? Okay. Well, I mean, they're definitely getting overwhelmed. And honestly, like with the bill going this quickly, I don't know if we can really affect what happens today. Like I'm just at the point of pessimism that I just, I don't know what there is to do. I'm just observing at this point. But the reason I would say contact your senators, like here's the list. If I was a massage therapist right now, I would contact, I have one person in the house of representatives. I would contact that one person and you can find out who that is by going to house.gov in the upper right-hand corner of that website. You just put in your zip code and that will tell you who your representative is. Then each of us have two senators. I would contact them because every time you get a response back, you might have one link that this person missed, you know, because like, even if you hate your senator or you hate your representative in the house, you don't know who's working for them. Cause like the staffers are the ones that do all the work for you. So it's like, you might not like Mark Warner, but you love Lynn and Lynn yeah. was there for you, you know? So I would contact my two senators and my person in the house. You can do the same exact letter for all three, giving them, you know, this is what I need. Where do I get it? And then I would also look at my state representatives and do the same exact thing. And I'm not really sure how the legislatures work for each state, but that's something that you should be able to look up on your state level. And I would reach out to every single person that represents me there asking the same exact questions. This is what I need. Where can I get those resources? And then go from there. Yeah. The other thing I would suggest, and we, we talked about this, so I have a paid community, um, Jennifer, and last night we had one of the um, members of our paid community, Amy Bryan, she's out of Illinois. Her husband is a mortgage banker and the application for the SBA loan, when he looked at it, it's very similar to a mortgage application. So he was able to go through step-by-step with all of us, like, hey, this is what you need. And, and it's a massive application. I took a look at it. It is it is massive because they're asking for everything, every federally backed loan you've ever done. Uh, if you declare bankruptcy, if you've been in jail, because they, they want to know everything. Yeah. Um, but, but he said if you can get through it it's going to be good because he, what he was saying is as of as of yesterday on um, the 24th it's a 30 year more uh, it's a 30 year loan with a locked rate of 3.75% which is excellent um so and, and it is and they i feel like you don't know this better than i do i feel like sometimes they make these loans harder so that people don't apply who don't really want it. I mean, it, it's, it's a massive thing. I was like, Oh, I had to take a break. So I, I think you just have to, so reach out to the um, SBA, reach out to maybe somebody like your accountant or a mortgage banker that maybe understand these forms better than you do and ask for help at this point, because people really do want to help you during this time. Absolutely. And I would also just remember to take it step by step. Those, the form might be really long, but it starts with name. It goes to address. So take it step by step and just work your way through it. It seems all of this seems very overwhelming when we look at the whole picture, but when you take it step by step, like the first step is writing the email to find the resources. The second step is to click on, you know, you might come back with five links and you click on each one of those and just go bit by bit. And, um, and I think the, the people that take the initiative and do that, I honestly believe 
because I've seen it, that people in Congress, they do care and they are trying to get small businesses the resources they need. The problem is that that, uh, there's a lot of small business owners that just don't bother, like you said. Right. And so those are the ones that are really in trouble. But if you take the initiative, the resources are going to be there. I mean, there's billions on the way. Yeah, there is billions on the way. Um, so what we, Jennifer and I have decided to do is we're going to keep chatting this episode, but she's going to come back once all these bills happen and she gets a moment to read them because this one bill is like a thousand dollars. But according to NBC news, <laughs> this is like two hours ago, like what they're saying. And again, um, that direct cash payments of individual making up to 75,000 a year would receive checks for 1200 couples making up to 150,000 would see 2,400 and then 500 additional per child. Um, and it will decrease up to 99,000. Um, that's a one-time payment though. Yeah, it is a one-time payment. So, so that is one thing. And then expanded unemployment insurance. This is what you were talking about with Senator Sanders, that the bill would increase maximum state unemployment benefits to $600 per week up to four months. And that unemployment benefits would extend to those who typically do not qualify such as gig economy workers, furlough employees, and freelancers. That is you 1099ers, um, out there. So, and again, for my massage therapists that work for me, you know, a lot of them are single moms or single and this is their income. So, um, I am desperate, like trying to get them any relief. I remember calling the Virginia employment commission myself and they're like, Nope. And then, and so hopefully now once we know, I I think that's the uncertainty, Jennifer, I think that's what everybody's like upset about is that it just seems like we're hearing a lot of noise. We're hearing a lot of the same thing, but it seems like nothing's happening because once they have this bill in place, how fast do these laws go into place? Well, so that's part of the issue. So with the the one-time payment, I wouldn't put too much faith in that thing because unless you have direct deposit already set up with the IRS, it could take four months for that to get to us, which I think is unacceptable for those of us. I mean, I've been on furlough since mid-March. So um, I don't think, you know, if if I was a massage therapist, that wouldn't help me. It's the unemployment benefits. Um, that was something that actually the Senate was supposed to pass this bill or they tried over the, the weekend. It was the Mitch McConnell bill that had no increases in unemployment at all. So you guys wouldn't have been eligible for it. I mean, honestly, that is something that Bernie Sanders fought for. And so, um, and the Democrats, I should give the whole party credit, even though we know it was one person that fought for it. But anyway, so what he fought for specifically is usually when you go on unemployment insurance, you get like two thirds or something like that of your regular salary. For these next four months, first of all, you got four months put in there at full salary. So we want to make sure that you have all of your records documenting how much you actually make because you can get your full salary for four months. And um, there was one other thing. Yeah, I forgot what else I was going to say. But, but you again, get four just, months full just salary. for the fact that it's including gig economy, that's huge because, yeah. and I think this is something that as a government, they need to be addressing anyway because so many people now aren't working a typical nine to five W2 employees. So many of us have switched to a 10 to nine for a lot of different reasons, um, the mm-hmm. flexibility and the, and the same, but there should be some safeguards to that. So, and like, um, for example, you're in California. In California, they don't even want 1099s anymore. New Jersey is trying to do away with them. So this may be the last catalyst to finally say, okay, enough with 1099s. They just all need to be straight up employees or business owners. Yeah, maybe. I think we're going to see a lot of restructuring of the way we do things after all of this. We're learning a lot of lessons. So even though they're, (laughs) these are rough lessons to learn, um, as a society, we're, we're waking up to some of the missing parts of our social safety net. So maybe that's one of the silver linings. 
Maybe, maybe. So, um, all right. So action plan right now. We're going to contact our representatives. Even after this law is passed, contact your representatives, get to know them, see what resources are out there. See if there's somebody at the small business administration in your local area who can help you with these forms virtually. They want to help. They're there to help. Uh, contact your employment commission, you know, find out what your options are for there. Contact your state level senators or um, delegates is what they call them. And, and, but they may be Congress people or representatives or assemblymen. Every state's a little bit differently, Jennifer said. And, and again, you know, it doesn't have to be, a, you know, long letter. It can be a simple email going, I am a 1099 worker. I am a business owner in this field. And because of this virus, I am no longer able to work because of these reasons. And, and actually, that's that's the best way to go about it because you have to keep in mind that they're getting flooded. And so the easier emails to deal with, like, even though you might really want to tell them your story, what you really want to do is just say, these are my specific questions and fire off that email because if they have to read through the whole story, they might just go on to one that's a little bit easier for them to process. Yeah. So again, do it quickly. And then you will be amazed that you will get some type of either and every time I've written a congressman or senator at any level, I've always gotten at least a form letter response about that they got something. It's usually from a staffer. Um, I, the best one was when I had represented Nye. He was a brand new baby congressman. He got, he was a Democrat. He was so cute. And then he got elected out of, you know, once Obama was in, they, they you know, Republicans swept the house. And that happens a lot, y'all. You know, usually the opposite party wins, wins the house at least of representatives. History has shown us. But um, he was so cute. And he actually, I, I could tell he wrote the emails. And I'm like, how the hell do you have time to do this? But, you know, mm. and, and it's just get to know these people. They really are real people. Most of them want to help you. And again, ju- it's kind of like the, I've seen the meme out there and I know you have too on Facebook where it's like judge companies right now of how they're treating their employees. Judge your representatives how they're treating the constituents because we're their customers. And if they're not responding to you, then let people know. And that's why it's important to contact all three, uh, at least on the federal level, because one of them will care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so unless they're all quarantined, like in South Carolina. <laughs> Well, so that's the thing about quarantine though, is like, even though the house has gone home, like I just called my representative's office and they said, we're still accepting phone calls. A staffer will get back to you. They're being patched into our homes. And so I didn't need a call back. I was just doing a comment, but they are finding out ways to do it virtually. And that's why I think in this moment, like I think phone calls, if you're trying to get through to, you know, tell your opinion on a bill that's coming up, something like that, phone calls are great. But in this particular moment, I personally would do it in writing just because they're trying to figure out how to work remotely where the house has already gone home and some people are trapped there. So that's, that's a temporary bit of advice where email is better. It usually isn't, but in this case, that's how I would go about it. All right. Awesome. Um, Jennifer, if they want to find out more about you, where should they go? Well, my podcast is called Congressional Dish, and um, I don't expect anyone to trust what I say. And so in every episode's show notes, I do provide the links to all of my sources. And so once I get these bills read, I will be having a breakdown of each of the provisions that I choose to highlight where you can click on the link, find the piece of the law itself to look at it. But then I'll also have a you know normal person English summary of each of the provisions. And obviously, it's going to take me a few weeks after this becomes law. But it is kind of powerful to have the actual law 
so you can look at it and see what you're actually entitled to. And so that's what I'll be working on the minute they give me the text. <laughs> right. And, and one more thing about those SBA loans. I want to remind um, my listeners, you have until December 2020 to apply for some of these programs. So it doesn't have to be like right now. Um, you can wait until the end of the year. I wouldn't, but you know, you can't, you have time. So I, I just need everyone to take a deep breath. I'm telling everybody in my podcast right now, take a deep breath. We're going to get through this. You're not alone. We've got you. There are many people out here who want to help so much. And Jennifer is definitely an ally and all this because I certainly don't want to read all this shit. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I'm I'm not fucking doing it. Um, You know, because it's just, I'm glad she's there. Seriously, because I mean, it's just massive. Just a lot. (laughs) You actually, I I just have a a nerd question now. Do you actually print them out or do you do it online? Like how do you No, I do it online. So my new process that I've developed over the years is that I download the actual bill so that I can have that open and I can highlight the provisions. But the trickiest part is that it's usually editing current law. So I have to have my browser open so I can see what the current law is to see what was, you know, it used to be May and like, what's a shell now? So it's like, I have to find out how they're changing it by going back and forth. Um, But if I were to print this out, I mean, we're looking at like a thousand pages with giant margins. I mean, I would say a thousand page bill is probably, I'm going to say it's like 400, 500 pages of actual reading. Um, But it's still such a waste of paper and ink. Um, So yeah, I do it all online. And this way I can also link to the provisions for you. So that, cause I don't, I, I'm just a person. And so I do want people to be able to look at the law themselves, see if I might've misinterpreted it. Like it's, I see this as a collaboration with everyone in my community. So yeah, I do as much as I can digitally. Yep. And she's one of the few podcasters who truly, truly does not have outside sponsorships so she can stay nonpartisan and she truly, truly is nonpartisan. Um, so she <laughs> I make everybody mad. <laughs> she does. She really calls out all of them. I cannot wait to find out what, what happens with the people who sold their stocks and that sort of thing. I cannot wait. Oh, I, oh, I cannot wait to hear what you have. So much them. anger. One of, them well, is you, one of them is your senator. So. Oh, don't I know it? Don't yes. I know it? Yes. Yes. The Barbara Boxer was very naughty. That's right. That Kamala Harris replaced her. So who knows? Yeah. See, I don't even keep up with it because I know my Virginia guys. I have Tim Kaine. I've got Mark Warner. Again, this is important to know. I know Congressman Bobby Scott's my congressman. This is important things to know y'all. So yeah. contact your congressmen, women, contact your senators, let them know your life, let them know what you, your struggles are because they want to help. And if they don't want to help vote them out in November. Absolutely. And if you want to reach me with your questions, like, I don't know how much I can help, but I'm really responsive on Twitter at Jen Briney. And so if you guys, I mean, as I'm going through the bill, I might be able to point you to a section or at least tell you what I would do, but um, I'll do the best I can. There you go. All right, Jen, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was my pleasure. It was so nice to hear your voice. Need more actionable steps to get your spa headed in the right direction? Head to spapreneur.com where we've got the tools, tricks, and methods to making your spa as successful as it can be. Spapreneur.com.